This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. Paul's saying pretty much, therefore, because, you know, we have this fire word of God, Christ would judge the wicked, he would judge the living and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom, therefore, because of all these things, read verse 2, what does it say in verse 2 now? Preach the word, preach the word, exclamation point, preach the word, because of all these things, Timothy, because of all these things, Preach the Word. Paul finishes up his final letter to Timothy with a simple instruction to preach the Word. Paul is making it clear that the Word of God and the message that it carries is a solution for many of Timothy's issues. In today's message, Pastor Eddie will be giving us the same encouragement. We are to go out and to preach the Word to the people in our lives. This may not always look like being in a pulpit. It might look like coffee with a friend. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4, as he begins his message, Preach the Word. So 2 Timothy chapter 4, we're going to read from verses 1 through 8, but before we do, let us go before the Lord in prayer. Lord, um, We're so grateful we come before you, Lord, to study your word, not to hear another man's opinion, worldly opinion. But, Lord, we want to just read your word, study it, look at it through observation, interpretation, and application. Lord, we need to hear from you, not from man. So, Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit, who inspired the Apostle Paul, who was there in the prison, to put pen to Pyrus, to write this letter to Timothy, to the leaders, and to the church today. Lord, may your Holy Spirit, who inspired Paul to write it, be our teacher. So, Lord, we ask that you speak to us. Open up our minds that we may understand, our ears to hear, eyes to see, and our heart ready to receive what your word has for us. We ask this in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Second Timothy chapter 4. Paul writes, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they have heaped up for themselves teachers. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there laid up for me 
the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. In our last study, we looked at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 through 17. In verses 10 through 13, Paul wrote about the faithfulness of God, the faithfulness of God. And if anybody knows that God is faithful, it should be all his saints, but the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul has been through numerous persecutions. They've been almost left for death. But what he says about his affliction throughout his ministry and all that he has suffered as a minister of the gospel, he says in verse 11, out of them all, every single one, the Lord delivered me. And so God is faithful for all of us, to all of us, not only to never leave us nor forsake us, but to help us through persecution and affliction. And though, again, we don't know what that is because many of us don't, didn't suffer like the Apostle Paul. Next, in verses 14 to 17, we saw the faithfulness of the word of God. The faithfulness of the word of God. In verses 16 to 17, it says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now that brings us to chapter 4, and we're about to finish this letter. And we're going to look at verses 1 through 8, chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. Paul is near his death. He knows he's going to be put to death for his faith in Jesus Christ. And he now offers additional encouragement to his son in the faith, Timothy. And he urges him to preach the word, be prepared to teach sound doctrine at all times, since false teachings continue to deceive many people in Ephesus. And we see that even till today. Christians are being deceived to believe things outside of the Bible. And so, for our study, in verses 1 through 4, verses 1 through 4, Paul will give Timothy a charge. He's going to give him a charge. He's going to give us a charge. And that charge is to preach the word. Preach the word. That's in verses 1 through 4. In verses 6 through 8, Paul begins his farewell. Well, we read the text. Let us now study the text verse by verse. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, Paul says, I charge you, therefore. I charge you, therefore. As students of the word of God, you know that whenever we read and we study the word of God and we come across the word, therefore, we need to ask ourselves before we continue on, what is therefore, therefore? It is therefore because of the previous passage, because of the previous verses, and it speaks about verses 14 through 17. Therefore, in verse 14, he says, continuing the things which you have learned. Timothy grew up learning the word of God through his godly mother and godly grandmother. Right? In verse 15, in chapter 3, he said, From childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And then as we read in verses 16 and 17, it says, for the word of God is inspired by God. It is for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness, complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And because of the faithfulness of the word of God, Paul now charges, he gives Timothy a charge, a command, really. It's a command. And he says, I charge you, therefore, 
before God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Before he gets, we get to the charge, look at what Paul says here. I charge you therefore before God, God the Father, and Jesus Christ. And so this charge that the Apostle Paul is giving to Timothy, by the way, he's also giving to you and I, every single one of us who believes in Jesus Christ, this charge, Paul underscores the importance of this command that he includes God the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ. I give you this charge in the name of God the Father and the name of Jesus Christ the Son. He says, who, he continues on, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. So before we get to the charge, he's like really piloted on. This is not just me telling you to do something. I'm telling you something. I'm giving you a charge, Timothy. I'm giving you a charge in the name of God, the Father, and through his son, Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. At his appearing and his kingdom. This points to and speaks of the second coming of Jesus Christ at the great white throne of judgment. There are two judgment seats. There's the Bema seat for those who are saved. Now, this Bema seat you'll find in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, and 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13, for those of you who are taking notes. The Bema seat is not to judge you for your sins because your sins have been forgiven. It's to give you rewards or awards for what you have done. It's like all the works that you have done in the name of Christ as a believer in Jesus Christ will all be put into this fire and all that really needs to be burnt out. Whatever is left, you will be rewarded based on that. But this is talking about the great white throne judgment seat that we find in the book of Revelation. It points to a time after the rapture, after we're raptured, caught up to be with Christ, the saints, the church of Christ, and that's in Revelation chapter 4. After the seven years of great tribulation, that's in verses 6 through 19. And that happens during the time of the thousand years, the millennium reign, where Christ will rule and reign with his saints. And here, you find that in Revelation chapter 20. And so, Jesus Christ, the King of kings, will judge the living and the dead at his appearing at his kingdom. And that's in Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15. And this is what it says. Then I saw a great white throne and him, speaking of Christ, who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away. Those are the living. And there was found no place for them. Verse 12. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And the books were open. And another book, singular, was open, which is the book of life. There are two books. In heaven, there's books and there's a book. The reason why there's books is for those that will be judged. Every single person have rejected Jesus Christ. Not only their names will be listed in those books, plural, but all the sins that they have committed, they're not washed away, they're not forgiven, so they're still on record. The book, singular, are those who have been redeemed. Is the citizenship See, we have citizenship in here on earth, but we, we have citizenship in heaven. And your name, you know, it's like in every town, they have a, a list of those residents, those who are, are living in the town. And that's how it is in heaven. So you have books, unsaved, and then you have the book of life. And then in verse 13, it says, the sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and hate delivered up the dead who were in them, the books. And they were judged 
each one according to his works. Then death and hate were cast into the lake of fire. No one is there yet. No one's in hell right now. Death and hate will be the first. Satan will be the, the next and those who have rejected Christ. Verse 15, and anyone not found written in the book of life will be cast into the lake of fire. So there are people, and this is why it's important, what Paul's about to say, and we need to stay here a little bit to understand why Paul is giving this charge, not only to Timothy, but for you and I. Because people are going to be judged for their sins. Everybody, every soul, every human being, everybody will stand before God, either as a saint or ain't. You're either saved or you're not. There's no between grounds. And so you either stand before the beam of seat or you stand at the very end before the great white throne that we see here in the book of Revelation. And so Paul's saying pretty much that therefore, because, you know, we have this by word of God, Christ would judge the wicked. He would judge the living and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Therefore, because of all these things, read verse two. What does it say in verse two now? Preach the word. Preach the word, exclamation point. Preach the word. Because of all these things, Timothy, because of all these things, preach the word. You know that everyone will die one day. They will have to stand before God. We need to preach the word. Now, the word preach here is only mentioned five times in the Old Testament, but is mentioned 131 times in the New Testament. And it is the Greek word caruso, caruso. What does it mean? What does preaching mean? It means to herald, to proclaim publicly. That is what preaching means. That is the biblical definition of preaching. And we're going to see more on that. Now, the word word is mentioned 329 times in New Testament. It's the word logos. And it means speech. It means a message or words. And here it speaks of the message of God, the word of God. It's talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. So Timothy is to preach the word of God. Preach. Again, this is a pastoral epistle. Paul is making it clear as he passes mantle of ministry to his son of the faith, Timothy. He's letting him know the importance of preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the time is coming when Christ will judge the living and the dead. So he gives him a charge before God and Christ to preach the word. Remember, put your name in this Bible. You know how they always have in the beginning, you know, they have here in all your Bibles. Now, if you have your cell phone, you can't do this. I'm sorry. But it says presented to by who and the date. Uh, When I bought my Bible, it says presented to me, Eddie Pinero, by God, because I bought it, right? And the date when I bought the Bible, you know? The purpose is not to say that the Bible is yours, but everything in the Bible, is, it points to you. It's for you. And this is, though it's a pastoral epistle, and though it's addressed to Timothy, the letters named Timothy, it's, it points to each and every one of us. And this is the charge to preach the word. It's a command. And why we're to preach? Because You are a follower of Christ. You are a child of Christ. You are the church. And listen, you are the preachers. You are the preachers. Every single one of us. We have this misconception 
that a preacher is only a pastor, leader, elder, or minister. No, that is not the biblical definition of being a preaching. As a matter of fact, Jesus said this in Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It is a call. All of us are to preach. We are Caruso's, if you will. We're to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. As believers in Christ, we are called to preach, proclaim. We're to herald what? Herald the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's been a misconception throughout, I would say, maybe many generations that in the church, those that are on the podium or the pulpit are called preachers. When pastors, if you notice, when we study 1 Timothy, right, the qualification of a bishop, elder, or deacon, right, at least the bishop and the elder, they're both to be apt to teach. Apt to teach. Why? You're teaching those you're teaching those who are saved. You're teaching those who are saved. Now, here, here, preachers don't preach to preachers. Preachers don't preach to preachers. For example, when, you know, you used to have the newspaper boy and he would just herald, right? The news, read all about it, extra, 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 read all about it, right? And then they'll give you the headlines, you know. Pastor John got a new haircut, extra, extra, <laughs> whatever it is, you know, herald. They herald it and they want everybody to know. You know, does the newspaper boy or the person selling newspaper is going to be heralding in the print shop to the editors, to the print? No, he goes to the corner. He goes to the streets and he herald the news. That is what a preacher does. Herald the gospel of Jesus Christ out there, out there. We use the, we always use this phrase, you know, preaching to the choir, right? Preachers are not. Those who are in the pulpit <laughs> preaching to the congregation, the church, preachers, it's the congregation preaching and heralding the gospel out there. Out there. Every single one of us are to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're to be a witness. So there's preaching and then there's teaching. There's proclaiming and explaining. So preachers preach out there. You preach out there, you proclaim out there. Once they are saved, they're added to the body of Christ. They come in here, and instead of hearing from a preacher, hearing those proclaiming the gospel, they come in here for teaching and explanation. Preaching out there, teaching in here. Proclaiming out there, explaining in here. Very simple. We have lost it. All of a sudden now, there's preaching <laughs> It should be teaching. And that's what we do here. That's why you're learning. That's how I learn. I'm only teaching how I learned. I've been at church since I was eight or nine years old. And it wasn't until I learned, set on the expository teaching, you know, book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, where I actually were learning the word of God, when I was learning doctrine, you know, justification by faith, what all these things. And there were serious things that brought conviction. But the command that Paul gives to Timothy, to all the leaders, and to every Christian, every believer in Jesus Christ, preach the word. You are to preach the word. How many here are saved through Jesus Christ? Raise your hand. Okay. 
Every single one of you ought to preach. You're preachers. You're to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't ever erase that. <laughs> erase that a preacher is only in the podium. That is not the truth. That's not biblical. Okay? Preaching. Jesus says, go preach. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel. He didn't say just leaders. The church wasn't, didn't start that time. That, at that time. It was after his resurrection, right? So, as a matter of fact, I think there are just too many preachers in the pulpits in the church today. Not enough teachers. That's why churches are hurting. The Lord says in the Old Testament, my people perish because of lack of wisdom. My people perish because of lack of wisdom. When he says my people, he's not saying people. He's talking about his people. And how often we've known that because we are not learning the Bible, we get into this cycle of Christianity. We get hot and then we get cold. We get hot and then we get cold. We like the tumbleweed, you know, in one of those westerns, you know, or you get that tumbleweed going to the one side of the salon, and then the other side is just like all over the place. We need to be rooted. We need to be rooted. And when you're not rooted, you're going to fall into all kinds of false teachings and all kinds of crazy movement, unbiblical practices, and you're going to get into this naming and claiming, blabbing and glad, you know, all that stuff. That's not biblical because you're a tumbleweed, no root. The Word of God is what keeps us rooted in truth, in doctrine. That's why it's important. Back to Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, it says, preach the word. Be ready in and out of season. Preach the word. Be ready in and out of season. Now, every single one of us, we go through different seasons of, in our lives. But regardless of what kind of season we're in, the Bible tells us we need to be ready. To be ready here in the Greek means to stand by, to be available. And we must. The seriousness of people are are not entering to the kingdom of heaven, have not met Jesus Christ, is serious. People are dying and now are going to be in eternal damnation, hell. That's serious. And sometimes we need to step back and look at the basics. Hell is real. It was never meant for people. That's why when the Lord says hell, that was prepared for the angel, Satan and his angels. It was never meant for man. And God never sends anyone to hell. That's not scripture. You're not going to find that. People assume that God sends men to hell. Christ came down so men won't go to hell. He left this throne in glory to die on the cross so that people will have eternal life and not go to hell. That's why they're saved through Jesus Christ, you see. And it's important. We need to think about this, but we need to be ready. We need to be prepared, whether it's convenient or not. I don't want to go to heaven and then... You know, look at my, the videotape, if you will. I'm just thinking, you know, of all the people that I had good opportunity to share the gospel and did. I want to make sure that every person that the Lord sends my way, I share the gospel of Jesus Christ. You've been listening to Running the Race with Pastor Eddie. We've been looking at some useful and practical advice from the Apostle Paul that he wrote to Timothy. This book jumps into what it looks like to be a leader in the church. Paul doesn't shy away from encouraging those who are young to run with zeal and not grow discouraged. 1 Timothy 4.12 says, Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in spirit, in faith, in purity. If you're facing opposition because of your age, be reminded that Timothy faced similar struggles and God used him mightily. 
just like he can use you too. We're so glad you joined us today for Running the Race. Are you in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area? If so, Jessica has an invitation for you. We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to Homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. On our website, we also have some helpful resources to assist you in what you're learning or how you're studying the Bible. Just click on the Study Helps tab at runningtheraceradio.com. We're so glad you tuned in today. And we look forward to the next edition in the book of 1 Timothy on Running the Race.